This is the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, for Thursday, November 23rd, 2023. This week's Intego Mac Podcast security headlines include RCS, the messaging protocol used by Android, is coming to the Apple iPhone. How will it affect your messaging habits? The nothing phone we talked about last week has failed miserably. And alarmingly, we have the details. And new Apple patents suggest some interesting new iPhone features that can prevent spying. Now, here are the hosts of the Intego Mac podcast, veteran Mac journalist Kirk McElhern and Intego's chief security analyst, Josh Long. Good morning, Josh. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Kirk? I'm doing just well. Is your turkey marinating? It's... Yes. We're getting ready to have our our big turkey meal for Thanksgiving here in the States. I'm thankful for the fact that we have lots of stories to talk about in this week's episode of the Intego Mac podcast, which is coming out on Thanksgiving Day. So happy Thanksgiving to all those who celebrate. We wanted to make a little correction about last week's episode when we talked about Apple extending the emergency SOS via satellite for an additional free years for existing iPhone 14 users. They had already announced that, that was free for two years, but we're assuming this means it's going to be three years. And it's kind of hard to understand. Are they increasing it for iPhone 14 users and not iPhone 15 users? In which case, both iPhone 14s and iPhone 15s will come up for renewal at the same time in a little more than two years? Well, this is all a little bit confusing. The correction is that last week, we had forgotten that when iPhone 14 was announced, they actually said at that point it was going to be two years that the iPhone 14 was going to have emergency SOS via satellite. Now this Apple press release has clarified that they're adding an additional year on. The headline in this Apple Newsroom article is Apple extends emergency SOS via satellite for an additional free year for existing iPhone 14 users. Now, this is a little confusing because a little bit later on this article, they're quoting Apple's vice president of worldwide iPhone product marketing, Kyan Drance, who says, we are so happy iPhone 14 and iPhone 15 users can take advantage of this groundbreaking service service for two more years for free. So does that mean that the iPhone 15 is also being extended to a total of three years? No, it sounds like they're both going to end in two years. So the iPhone 15 will have gotten two years and the iPhone 14 will have gotten three years. And instead of just saying you're getting a lanyap here, they made things really confusing. Here's my prediction. They're going to roll it into iCloud Plus in two years because you're not gonna get people to pay for this otherwise. It's the kind of insurance that you wouldn't buy, right? You wouldn't think you need it. At least most people, unless they're climbing Mount Everest or you know, going off grid a lot, they wouldn't think that they need it. Yeah, that's a good possibility, I think. Maybe they felt like they needed to put out this press release because they hadn't really decided yet what they're gonna do. This is why I was confused last week. I was thinking, why are they putting out this press release now when iPhone 14 has been out for a year? But I guess maybe Apple's just trying to get ahead of people being worried about their ability to use emergency SOS a year from now. In any case, I don't know. It's it's nice to know that at least iPhone 14 users are getting an extra year. And we'll see about iPhone 15 because it's not really clear from this press release. 
Anyway, Apple has made another interesting announcement that was actually surprising to both Josh and I. And most people won't really get what this means, but this is quite a big deal. Apple announced that they are going to support RCS on the iPhone next year. And the next year means probably iOS 18. RCS is a messaging standard used on Android. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, we talked about Google's lame ads trying to shame Apple into adopting RCS instead of the iMessage protocol. Apple has always wanted to main iMessage because of the many features it has, the security and the privacy, etc. And instead of adopting RCS, which, by the way, Google makes a lot of money from, they're working on developing an international standard and sort of leapfrogging Google to make sure everyone supports the same RCS. It's not really clear how this is going to be implemented, but this will mean that there'll be a little bit more compatibility on messaging between Android and iPhone. But there are some caveats here. Because Apple's not implementing Google's version of Intuit encrypted messaging, meaning they're not paying Google anything, and they're also not encouraging anyone else to support Google's paid version of this, the carriers have to pay. This is not Android users who are paying for this. But if the carriers want to be part of Google's Intuit encrypted messaging platform, then they have to, to pay Google. Is that kind of how that works? Google runs the software that carriers have to I guess, rent. You're not really buying software anymore. So if a carrier wants to support RCS, they have to pay the Google tax. Apple is saying, yes, we want to be able to support encrypted communication between iPhone users and Android users. However, we need to make sure that the RCS standard is updated with better encryption by default, built into the standard. And so they say that they're working with the GSMA, which is the standards body that oversees this RCS protocol. So within the next year, if the standards body doesn't implement this new proposed encryption improvement, then I guess you may not still have secure into an encrypted messaging between iPhone and Android unless you're using third party apps still a year from now also consider that Android users would have to be on the latest version of Android or the latest version of their RCS app. You know, Google's going to have to add this new standard version of encryption to its own Google Messages app for Android. So there's a lot of moving parts here and everybody's got to be in line in order to make sure that all messages going over RCS from an iPhone to Android are actually encrypted. But RCS messages will still have green bubbles, Apple has said. Which shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. And there obviously are marketing reasons for this, because you don't want to be the one person who's preventing group chats from being the blue bubble chats with all of the iMessage features and functionality, right? Apple still wants to encourage you to get an iPhone. And one of the ways that they do that and, and make it obvious that you're not using an iPhone is if chats between you and the other person still maintain those green bubbles that people are so concerned about. Yeah, this is much ado about nothing, if you ask me. But this is another thing that the EU has mandated, or at least they're trying to mandate, which has forced Apple to 
comply. USB-C was one of the first things. The EU has established a number of gatekeeper services, which include messaging services, app stores, etc. And they want competition to be open on these. The EU is very big about unfair competition when a company has so much power that they can prevent other companies from getting into the marketplace. Apple is going to appeal an EU ruling that is forcing them to make changes to the app store and iMessage. And it's interesting, this came out on November 10th. And on November 16th, Apple announced that they would be supporting RCS. So maybe they're appealing it, but they still want to support RCS. They are appealing the use of alternate app stores. And we've talked about this in the past. Sideloading can be risky. You don't know if the app store that you've bought apps from is safe, if they've vetted the security of the apps, etc. But of course, as Josh has been on a crusade lately, highlighting the number of scam apps in the Apple App Store, are you that much safer? with the Apple App Store. Yeah, I would like to think so, right? I mean, it's nice to be able to tell people, for the most part, you can probably trust things that you're getting from Apple's App Store. Their concern is that if you start to allow third-party app stores, you have no idea how well they're vetting those apps versus how well or some ca- in some cases, not so well, Apple is vetting apps. But they, their process may be way worse. Now, there's also, of course, a lot of other considerations here, like who is going to make these app stores, right? Is it going to be a reputable company? Could Microsoft or Google decide to bring their stores to the iPhone platform? Maybe. That's a possibility. I think probably the first company that's going to be jumping on board with this would be Epic Games because they are banned from distributing apps on the App Store because of shenanigans that they've pulled in the past. So I think Epic Games is going to have an App Store of its own on iPhones on day one as soon as the EU requires Apple to have third-party app stores on the iPhone. Now, if there are third-party app stores, There's no reason why a single developer couldn't make their own app store, right? So Spotify, who's been complaining about having to pay Apple, you know, to a certain percentage, I think it's down to 15%, they could develop their own app store to install Spotify. And I'm assuming the way this would work is there would be an app you install for the app store. You're not going to just copy the app and sideload it in through a USB cable or something like that. So it's probably going to have to be a Spotify store app on the App Store and then download the Spotify app. I'm thinking of Amazon would probably want to do that to be able to sell Kindle books and and Audible audiobooks directly as well. So there's no reason why one company wouldn't make an App Store for just their apps. Actually, yeah, you make some really good points there. I think what we're likely to see, it could go a number of different directions, right? We have no idea from a technological standpoint how Apple is going to implement this, whether you'll have to enable a feature in the settings app. I assume they're going to make it as difficult as possible where you're going to have to jump through some hoops if you want to have third-party app stores or side-loading of apps individually, whatever route that Apple decides to go to, to do that. I don't know how exactly you would get third-party app stores in the first place. Like, would you get those through the Apple App Store? Because that doesn't seem like that would work out very well either, because then Apple's basically still vetting the third-party apps and choosing whether or not to improve them. So that doesn't seem like that would work. No, they would be vetting the third-party app stores, which probably is what Apple should do to make sure that the data is encrypted and that the payment processing works and things like that. That would kind of make sense. 
Maybe. So, so that's a possibility. No matter how Apple implements this technologically, though, you're right. There are a lot of companies that are going to be excited about not having to give a big cut of their in-app purchases to Apple. I mean, everybody wants to avoid having to either increase costs for in-app purchases if you buy within an iPhone app or, you know, have to give a third of your potential earnings to Apple or sometimes less than that. It does depend on the developer size and all those kind of things. But I can definitely see a lot of companies, X, formerly known as Twitter, obviously they have a big reason to not want to have to pay the Apple tax. They would, I'm sure, go to be available also in third-party app stores and a number of other companies. Everybody's going to want to jump on board with that. But you make a really good point about Amazon in particular. Amazon has been one of these companies companies that has been concerned about, you know, we we don't want to pay the Apple tax. And so therefore, we're just not going to allow in-app purchases of any software products. You have to go into the Safari browser on your iPhone if you want to buy any kind of software or digital downloads of any kind from Amazon. So Amazon could be also one of the first to do their own app store on iOS. It is kind of ridiculous that you can't buy a Kindle book through the Kindle app, that you can't buy an Audible audiobook through the audio app. It makes Apple look a bit, I don't know, I don't want to say unfair, but like cheapskates, like we got to make everything we can. We got to get the VIG at every transaction. It makes it much more difficult for consumers. I would rather, as someone who reads a lot of Kindle books and buys Audible audiobooks, I would rather be able to do them without jumping through another hoop. Okay, we're going to take a break, and we've got more to say about nothing in the next part of this episode. Protecting your online security and privacy has never been more important than it is today. Intego has been proudly protecting Mac users for over 25 years, and our latest Mac protection suite includes the tools you need to stay protected. Intego's Mac Premium Bundle X9 includes Virus Barrier, the world's best Mac anti-malware protection, Net Barrier, powerful inbound and outbound firewall security, personal backup to keep your important files safe from ransomware, and much more to help protect, secure, and organize your Mac. Best of all, it's compatible with macOS Sonoma and the latest Apple Silicon Macs. And don't miss Intego's Black Friday and Cyber Monday sale going on now. Get the best deal of the year on Intego software, up to 65% off. For our exclusive Black Friday and Cyber Monday pricing, check out the exclusive link for Intego Mac Podcast listeners at podcast.intego.com. That's podcast.intego.com for our exclusive Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. Intego, world-class protection and utility software for Mac users made by the Mac security experts. Okay, so if you're listening to this podcast on the day it comes out, which is Thanksgiving Day, tomorrow is Black Friday, of course. Apple is doing a Black Friday event. It looks like it's only on Friday the 24th, but it might be a couple more days. They're saying you can get up to $200 in a gift card with eligible purchases. Now, the eligible purchases are not the latest devices. You can't get the new MacBook Pro. You can't get the iPhone 15, but you can get a MacBook Air or a Mac Mini an iPhone 14, you can get you can get an Apple Watch Series 9 with a $50 gift card, up to a $75 gift card when you buy AirPods, up to $50 with HomePods. So if you had been planning to buy anything from Apple, it's worth doing. I think I mentioned last year I bought a 
Beats Solo Pro 3 headphone, which was 199 pounds, and I got a 50-pound gift card. That was a pretty good deal. So if you are planning on getting any non recent Apple devices, although the Apple Watch 9 counts, this is a good time to do it. Worth mentioning too, just in case you skipped our mid-roll ad break, that Intego also has a sale going on right now. First time and returning customers can get a really good discount on Intego software, so make sure to check out the link in our show notes for that as well. A really good discount? Come on, Josh, it's 65%. That is an amazing discount. That is just quite under two thirds off. Anyway, you've already heard the ad and you know to go to our show notes to find the link to get the 65% discount. I said we would be talking about nothing in the second half of this show. And if anyone was listening last week, we were talking about how nothing had come up with a sort of a proxy system to make iMessages work on Android. So it kind of would go through nothing server and nothing said it was end to end encrypted. And it turns out it's not end to end encrypted. And you're giving them your Apple ID, which is your gateway to all your Apple services and your email and everything else. And nothing pulled this almost immediately. It's it's like hard to understand because we're going to link to an article on Ars Technica where you can see some screenshots of the FAQ where nothing says it's definitely end-to-end encrypted. And then a couple of researchers looked at this and said, no, it's not. And they said, oops, and they pulled it. So this is really, 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 I would never trust nothing ever with anything. And in case you're really confused right now, perhaps because you didn't hear last week's episode, Nothing is the name of a company that makes mobile phones, Android phones specifically. The the short version of this story is basically they announced, as we mentioned last week, that they were going to have iMessage compatible Android phones. And they were going to be partnering with this company called Sunbird, which has one of these apps that allows you to sort of work around Apple's iMessage restrictions and basically be able to kind of sort of use iMessage in very janky, unsupported way on your Android phone. And so, yeah, it turns out that the way that Sunbird was implementing all this was very very insecure. Not only were they not doing end-to-end encryption as they had claimed, but they weren't using encryption at all. At least in some portions of the app, they were using plain old HTTP without the S, not, not secure communications. And that's a really bad thing. Like in 2023, how is this even possible that somebody released an app? Like honestly, Google play, because this app was available in the Google play store and has now been pulled. How on earth did it pass any inspection, right? Before being allowed into the Google Play Store, Google should have looked at this and immediately said, no, I'm sorry, we see HTTP communications going over this app and uh, you claim to be using encryption. And so we are not going to allow this into our store. That should have been right up front. And in any case, uh, apparently some companies here, nothing uh, being the biggest one because they were kind of claiming that this was a big feature in their next phone. They've they're really in hot water at this point because they frankly did not tell the truth to to people who are going to be buying their products. Well, the question is, did the nothing people know or did they just not do their due diligence to really explore whether this was as secure as Sunbird claimed? 
It's not clear. Worth pointing out, so we're linking to an article in Ars Technica, and there have been two reports, one in 9to5Google and one from a company called Text.com, which is owned by Automatic, the company who owns WordPress. So they do have a slightly vested interest because they have some sort of an app, but it's really clear that this is just... I don't know. Nothing has come of nothing here with the nothing phone. And it's like, you know, it's kind of cute to have an oh, it's a nothing phone. It's kind of cool. But now it really, the name really describes the quality of the phone, doesn't it? It, it has tainted the, the brand reputation, right? Nothing was already starting to build up like a decent following of people, you know, who were like, oh, this is a cool new hot brand. And now I think people are going to be thinking twice about getting a nothing phone. By the way, some people have been speculating that maybe the timing of Apple's announcement of them supporting RCS next year had something to do with the nothing phone. Because at the time that Apple made its announcement, we hadn't yet gotten the revelation that nothing was not actually using any security. <laughs> and so some people were speculating that Apple made this announcement because of nothing's announcement. It, it very likely had little, if anything, to do with nothing. A little problem with syntax here. Let's stop there. Let's move on. Last week, you pointed out in an article that you wrote on the Intego Mac security blog that Apple still hasn't patched multiple critical vulnerabilities in Mac OS. And we want to highlight that they still haven't patched these multiple critical vulnerabilities. And they won't be doing it this week because Thanksgiving is the week when a lot of people take off and Apple's not entirely shut down, but they're not going to want to roll out an update where Wednesday, right? We've often had updates Wednesday when we're recording the podcast. So this is about 10 a.m. California time. They're not going to roll it out now the day before Thanksgiving when maybe a whole bunch of people were applying the update on Thanksgiving while they're waiting for the football game and something doesn't work and they have to call Apple and the turkey gets cold and Thanksgiving ruined. So yeah. So still no patches this week. By the way, if you're a journalist listening to this or you know a journalist, then maybe pass this article along to them because this is something that people need to be talking about, right? If, if, pressure isn't put on Apple, then they're not going to, you know, necessarily patch the, these vulnerabilities very soon. It might eventually get done, but we really think that it's important that people wake up to the fact that Apple is not patching big vulnerabilities. Okay. Clear fake. That's a good name. Remember last week I asked ChatGPT to give me some names for malware that a security company had discovered. Clear fake is a nice one. It kind of means absolutely nothing. It makes you think of nothing. It doesn't make you think, not, not of the nothing phone, it doesn't make you think that it's malware. But ClearFake is a campaign that targets Mac systems with Atomic Stealer. We've talked about Atomic Stealer in the past. That sounds like malware, Atomic Stealer. But what is ClearFake now? Yeah, ClearFake is, is the name for a particular campaign that has now been extended. It's targeting Mac users, and it's the same old Atomic Stealer malware that we've talked about before earlier this year. And so basically, we just wanted to mention it because it's in the news today. And you should just be aware that if you already have Intego software, you're already protected from this. So we're linking to an article from Mac Rumors entitled Apple Explores iPhone Privacy Screens, Macs with Adjustable Viewing Angles. Now, you can already buy privacy screens to put in front of a desktop Mac. So if someone's at more than a certain angle away, they can't see the screen. And that's a good thing when you're working 
in an office, you don't want people to see next to you. But when you're on a bus or a train or a subway and you're looking at your iPhone, the person next to you can see what you're doing. And maybe you're entering a password and they can see what you're typing. What's interesting here is that these would be adjustable privacy screens. So maybe they wouldn't be on all the time. Maybe you can change the angle of view because there are many times you're sitting with a friend or two and you want to show them something on your iPhone. So you have to be able to turn it off or widen it. This is a really great idea. If Apple comes out with this, now this is just a patent currently, but the one of the patents that they've made is a privacy film for curved displays, and the other is displays with adjustable angles of views. And this would be really great to prevent shoulder surfing, someone looking over your shoulder when you're typing something and seeing what you're typing. Right. Or reading your emails as you're reading them or any number of other things like that. So there are privacy screens that you can get as an aftermarket thing that you can stick onto your phone. Like, you know, how there's screen protectors. There are versions of screen protectors from third parties that prevent people from being able to look at your phone from the side. So the interesting thing about Apple's patent is that this would actually not only be a feature that's built into the phone, but it also would allow you to adjust the angles at which somebody could see your screen, which is pretty advanced technology. That's way beyond just like a a thing you slap in front of your screen. There's probably a layer which is somehow polarized when a certain type of light is shined on it and that the light can shine from different angles. The things that they can do with displays these days, when you think about it, the, the, the pixel density, the way individual pixels are lit up instead of, what did they call it back in the day when the light came from the side, like you still see on a Kindle? right? The quality of displays has increased so much. So it's not surprising that Apple is looking at something like this. This is the kind of feature that might not be a marquee feature, but could be enough to convince some people to buy an iPhone instead of Android. It's those little things like emergency SOS by satellite. If you know you've got that, you don't think you're ever going to need it, but it's good to have. I don't see this necessarily happening in the near future, but imagine Apple releasing a special iPhone model that has lockdown mode enabled by default. It has a special privacy screen, right? That would be really cool. I I don't think Apple's going to do it because they want the illusion that all iPhones are private. Well, but they know they're not. And we found an article in The Independent, which is a standard a British newspaper. It's not like a special tech newspaper. Why Apple is working hard to break into its own iPhones. And the subtitle is, in a secret location in Paris, Apple has hired an elite team of laser-wielding hackers to try and crack its iPhones. Wouldn't you like to be on an elite team of laser-wielding hackers? That just sounds so cool. That does sound really cool. So basically what Apple is doing with this lab and with this research team is they're looking for side channel attacks in part, which is the kind of thing like we've talked about before, where if you look across the room and you see a particular you know LED that's lighting up in a certain way, then maybe you can extract data and figure out what's going on on that device because of that LED. It's that kind of thing that they're researching. Side channel attacks can actually be pretty interesting. It, this is also something like, for example, if you are typing on a keyboard, somebody could pick it up with a microphone and be able to reverse engineer like the, you know, what you typed based on the exact acoustics and how it sounded and in the recording. So this is the kind of thing that they're researching, these sort of side channel attacks. And this is always a great thing, right? 
it's much, much better for Apple to try to get ahead of the game on these things rather than have to play catch up because, you know, when it comes to hardware, you don't want to be behind the curve because people are going to hold on to that hardware for a number of years. And so if there's some really big problem, then you want to get that addressed now, not sometime in the future when third-party researchers at some university are going to discover one of these crazy potential attacks. Or hackers are going to find something and submit it for a bug bounty. Apple saves a lot of money by not letting the hackers, you know, make money off a bug bounty. Some of the things that they're trying to find are the ones that are used by these state-sanctioned spyware tools. And one of the Apple people says, we do not see ourselves as set against governments, but we do see ourselves as having a duty to defend our users from threats, whether common or in some cases truly grave. And it kind of makes sense with Apple spending so much of its marketing goodwill on privacy and security that they do something like this. The photos don't make it look like this is a big lab. It looks like, I'm guessing it's in a nondescript office in Paris with a half a dozen people. So it's not like they're spending a lot of money to do it, but they've got a very capable team of researchers looking at the kind of things that, you know, most people and even security researchers like you, Josh, wouldn't even think of because you don't get to play with lasers. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't spend a lot of time shooting lasers at my devices. Okay, that's enough for this week. Happy Thanksgiving to anyone who's listening to this on Thursday. Happy Black Friday to anyone who's buying things on Black Friday. And if you buy your Apple stuff, remember, you can get up to $200 or up to 160 pounds in gift cards and similar amounts in other countries. Don't forget to go to the show notes and get the special deal on Intego Software. 65% off. Best deal ever. Until next week, Josh, stay secure. All right. Stay secure. Thanks for listening to the Intego Mac Podcast, the voice of Mac security, with your hosts, Kirk McElhern and Josh Long. To get every episode, be sure to follow us in Apple Podcasts or subscribe in your favorite podcast app. And if you can, leave a rating, a like, or a review. Links to topics and information mentioned in the podcast can be found in the show notes for the episode at podcast.intego.com. The Intego website is also where to find details on the full line of Intego security and utility software, intego.com. And don't forget, right now you can take advantage of our Black Friday and Cyber Monday deal. Our exclusive link for Intego Mac Podcast listeners is available only in our show notes at podcast.intego.com. That's podcast.intego.com. And look for our exclusive link to save up to 65%. This is the best deal of the year on Indigo's powerful protection and utility software. Buy it for yourself or share it with your friends and family this weekend only.